Gentle, are you in Art Basel? Oh, what's up? Yo, are you at Art Basel right now? <laughs> no, I'm not, but I'm, I'm GMing over an Eminem song this morning just for you. Yes, dude. Um, dude, it's really, fucking going to be heat. Dude, Eminem, I don't really like finding inspiration in others. I think it like puts, uh, as Bark says, puts a lid on your jar. I think it puts a lid on my jar if I find inspiration in others. So, uh, well, He's like one of the few humans on this planet, uh, Eminem, that I find inspiration. Because that dude went through a ton of controversial shit. Um, and yeah, dude, I just feel like he did the right thing. Well, in my mind, I, I don't know what the right and wrong thing is, but um, I don't know. I really like Eminem. He's always... Are you... Hmm? Are you at Art Basel? Um, look, if I... Um, I mean, you could say yes. Like, we all know you're there. Like, you, you stop... The, the thing is, if I say yes, gentle, everyone's, like, like an hour me. Mm. I just like going and meeting with, like, a few people. And then they get mad if I don't meet with them. Um... So, uh, anyways, I think it's, uh, yeah, dude, how's your morning going? <laughs> so good. I just sat in traffic for an hour, but I'm about to film this GM video. So I'm fired the fuck up about that. So can I pin that shit? Cause I'm going to absolutely it's going to be fire. It's going to be lit, dude. Yeah, I, I just like, I was like, fuck it. I need to rap over Eminem. I can't rap, but why not? Fuck it. Eminem. Uh, look. Machi was a rapper too. Maybe we could GM over his. Yo, maybe, dude. Maybe rapper. Machi send me some of your music, dude. I'll fucking GM over that shit. Just look up Taiwanese number one hits thirty years ago, and you'll fucking you can't miss it. I cannot miss it. Machi, I mean, what are you doing right now? Look, you were a famous fucking Taiwanese. You were in fucking movies with fucking Ryan Reynolds, um, all these people, and yeah, here you are. On a fucking Twitter space. Are we, are you just, have you fallen off, King, or are we early at the moment? <laughs> I've, I've, I'm down super fucking bad, Alex. Like, I, I need my, I need to see a psychologist or some therapy or something. You know, you know those memes about guys will do anything but go to therapy? That's, that's me. I, I'd rather be on spaces with you than uh, go to therapy. That's my fucking problem. Ah. Okay. Is this not therapy, Machi? Isn't this? It, couldn't you classify this as therapy? I mean, again, it's that meme, dude. I do the, I do spaces with Bark and Alex, and hang out with these network motherfuckers, the question mark crazy crew, then go to therapy. You know, I um I removed the question mark from my name, Machi. Everyone kept it. I think I I was like. Because they well, people have me believing. That's why you got your own. Yeah, well, people have me believing. Like, oh shit! If Alex, so everyone's no one, no one follows me, Machi. Nobody. I thought everyone was gonna be like, yeah, fuck it, uh, burn it all down, fucking flame. Anyways, no one. Uh, everyone's still question mark. Uh, so it tells yeah. me that I have the lizard, zero influence. The lizard was the martyr, right? The lizard died for the question mark, you know, for the sins, and now everybody does it. This keeps a question mark because. They remember the lizard, you know, like uh, <laughs> Frank Dox. So you see the guy that killed the question mark. So it's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, it's real funny. Yeah. It's real funny. Let that a virgin who... nerd kill that question mark. Yeah. It's pretty funny, uh, Alex. He fucking. Uh, I, look, I was, I was debating kid. on him like, hey, is this <laughs> the guy who was calling people that put an emoji at their name? Uh, dick suckers. Like, is that this is the guy, right? I just need to make sure. I need to that confirm. was the guy, Alex. That was the guy. <laughs> 
Okay. Wait, you mean like the free emoji that's on everyone's keyboard? Like there's hundreds of them. Like you've okay. just picked out, you're talking about the guy that picked out an emoji on the keyboard and, and just grouped an entire group of people together based upon the emoji? Yeah, that that, that kid. I, but okay. anyways, anyways, um, I like Kamali Spaces and then like, well, I like hanging with you guys. You guys are like my online friends, right? Like, I used to play MMORPGs, like World of Warcraft or some of these old school games. And I have a bunch of online friends. Uh, Lumberg down there, like, me and his cousin, his older cousin used to play those muds, like, like text-based games all day long together. And and then one day we decided to meet up in person. And that was a bad idea because th- that led to meeting his cousin Lumberg up here. And, and then uh, 30 years later, I'm still friends with these guys. Here we Lumberg. go with the yearbook. Uh, yeah. Monty, you so, know, Monty, so you know, I'm, now, when I'm 80 and the, and Alex and Barker, like finally, like what? 30 something years old. I'm 16. Um, we can hang out. You'll be 60 in 30 years. All right. No, I'm 16 right now. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Whatever man. Don't, don't do that playing underage kid role playing shit. Don't do that. It works. You help sell out collections, Monty. So <laughs> I've seen it work before. Uh, Okay. Okay. I mean, Bark, uh, you still have the question mark in your name. This MFR is calling you a dick rider. What are you going to do? Well, I, I legally cannot take it out. Twitter Blue will not let me touch it. It won't let me take it out. Um, but, dude, quit fucking emoji watching me, dude. Holy shit. Okay. Can't even change my fucking – can't even make my name without you watching what emoji I'm fucking doing. Quit, quit emoji watching me. Hmm. Anyways, uh, Bark – Everything's pumping at the moment. I don't know if you checked. Uh, everything is up. Are we are we back in a bull run? Actually, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna ask that to Lumberg. Uh, Lumberg, do you think uh, are we hitting a, a bull or is this just a bull trap? I see a lot of people calling this the bottom right now. Some people, I, I uh, some smart people that read the read the tea leaves and the charts. Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody can actually call the future. Of course, so who knows? Oh no, I heard yesterday we could the, the DCA and. Yeah, I mean, I've been, buying, someone had I've been buying the capabilities of predicting the future. What was, um, what was that app called we were talking about yesterday? Iron Bank? Well, I don't know. There was an app that Athletics, Lumberg. <laughs> the analytics, yeah, they said they, they weren't a reactionary. They were proactionary. So I think, uh, yeah. So we got to talk a little bit about decentralized finance. The more I thought about it, uh, 3 to 7% and you're risking all your liquidity – Dude, we, you got to think of a better system, Lumberg. You've got to use the fucking thing in between your ears a lot harder. Uh, 3 to 7% ain't – I'm not getting out of bed for 3%. I can tell you that much right fucking now. Uh, I'm not getting out of bed. Bark, would you be excited to make 3% uh, on your on, – on your, like that, that – yeah, would you be excited, Bark, to make 3%? Like I put, I take Pretty my Coca Cola bottle. So, so you Coca-Cola put Coca Cola bottle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You put in, like, yeah, you put so in one dollar in three so like in a year. Now you get three cents. Yeah, so like in get against inflation, I'm actually losing money, and I love donating money. So um, that sounds like a that sounds like it'd be right up my alley. I take a Coca Cola bottle that's halfway full. I put it into the vending machine, and then in one year, I come back out, and there's three percent more Coca Cola. Is that basically what you're saying? Yeah, you get three percent. And you're taking on a tremendous amount of risk. So I think what would work, Lumberg, uh, if there was like federally insured, F, like FDIC, you know, where like a bank run happens. Uh, why can't we have this on? Is this the reason? This is kind of like the. If you ask me, Lumberg, 
This is the problem with decentralized finance. So right now it's three to three to seven percent on ETH basis. Now remember, if you're comparing this to inflation of the U.S. dollar, it's not exactly the same in that because you're getting your three to seven percent on the underlying assets. So if you're putting oh, yeah. in, wait, you wait, know, I gotta stop. You. You're getting three. The underlying seven. assets yeah. down like sixty percent. So not only I'm losing, <laughs> I'm making three percent Ethereum, but Ethereum's going down seventy percent. So I think I just stick no, with Ethereum's going up from here, man. I mean, I'm feeling up only from here. I am feeling that sentiment as well. The timeline's feeling fresh as fuck. I can pick up on a timeline sentiment fast as fuck. And I think I think you're right. Um, I think we're we're gonna go sideways. Yeah, I think it's only up as well. I talk to a lot of smart people. But that's what I talk to a lot. Of, not nope. you, obviously. I talk to a lot of smart people. Uh, they've been telling me the same thing. And you said you talk to a lot of smart people. But that. Doesn't mean anything. I mean, who are these yeah. smart people? Look, anytime we ask Machi, he's got a whole fucking list. He's like Santa out here. He's got a list. Who's not here? Nice. He starts just name dropping all over the fucking place. Uh, who are these smart people that you talk to that tells us the bottom's in? Well, there's also a lot of just looking at Twitter in general. There's a wider swath of smart people talking. I mean, I think I, I follow this guy, uh, Chris Berniski, actually. He wrote this book on crypto assets. Pretty interesting guy. He's from uh, Placeholder VC and then. Ryan Selkis, who runs uh, Masari, Masari.io, they do a bunch of research. Uh, so these guys have a lot of data on across different kind of macro conditions as well as what's going on in the tokens. But I think the other thing you could do here too is um, you know, we we're talking about lending yesterday, just on the very surface. But for people who I, I, I was actually trying this strategy out at 1100 ETH, I put some ETH in, I borrowed some USDC, I bought some ETH, and I put the ETH back in, and I leveraged up basically margin up using lending protocol. So what we didn't cover yesterday. And what you just touched on was only the supply part, not what else you could do. So basically being able to supply and lend is, is a ba basic building block for DeFi. And that's why we didn't get too deep into it yesterday. Okay. Well, Machi has been screaming at me to learn more about DeFi. So I think it is actually important. To, uh, but uh, I want to I pass around the room real quick. I want to hear from Fax. Fax is a straight shooter. Fax, are you excited about earning 3% annually? That's not really, you know, something that motivates me too much. You know, I just, I feel like we experienced some uh, remarkable gains, you know, last year, 3X, 4X, 10X, 100X, which I understand may be difficult to repeat, but 3 to 8% is just not what I'm here for. Yeah. So you've got to make it more sexy. Uh, I gave you your homework yesterday, Lumberg. I don't know if you completed it. I said, you need to come in today, uh, tell me how I can turn $10 into $10,000 with decentralized finance. Because I can do that with NFTs. <laughs> Have you in the last six months? Did, did I rug? I think I might have rugged. No. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Lumberg, uh, did you complete your yes. homework? Um, I'm sorry. Do you mean Lumberg I mean, dot dot dot? Is that who you're yeah, talking about? Lumber G. Yeah, I gave him homework yesterday. Uh, I said, hey, you need to teach me how I can turn $10 into $10,000 using DeFi. Because I can teach you how to do that in, in NFTs. Why would I want to waste my time on DeFi if I can 1,000x uh, my money? Well, I mean, look, uh, $10 to $1,000, depending on what time frame. I mean, dollars depreciating really quickly. So, you know, if ETH, go, ETH goes up, you got your ETH stuck in the lending protocol and if you think the market's going up and you have good risk control you can uh you know leverage up on your eth and then make some money that way that's another option hmm okay 
Um, you need to you need to actually dumb it down for me. You need to tell me exactly where to put. Look, I'll give you an example as a late. You could have bought a ten dollar Reddit avatar and then sold it for ten thousand dollars three days later. So there's a there's an easy example for you. Now you need to give me an example of DeFi how it turned. Anyways, that's your homework. Uh, I know you don't have an answer yet. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, nope. I want to go around the room. I want to hear from. I don't want to hear from Machi because he's going to be talk. He sounds like Lumber. Them are, they are the it's same. It's an alt account. It's an alt account. They <laughs> They're the same the fucking same people. Time. They never speak well, at the same time. Um, I'm in the same row as the co-host, man. So can, can I go? No. Well, on your can screen, I you are. Everyone's in the it? same row as the co-host. Machi, it's on I your screen. It? Machi, you're last on my screen. Yeah, you don't have the blue check mark. You are last on mine. Uh, everyone else, Holy you know, he, he has. He has $8 million worth of board eight, but he can't spend $8 to get Twitter blue. No, this shows how incompetent Elon is right now. He doesn't allow people from my country to get the blue check mark. That's wow, he's like my favorite on-chain sleuth, you know, Zach XPT, just generalizing entire country, grouping them together and just, you know, um, it's unfortunate. But <laughs> I think we do need to pass it off to a blue check mark. I'm afraid, I'm afraid of the non-blue check marks now, Alex. Like anything that comes out of their mouth, how can we verify that it's even true? If they can't hold verify on, hold the on. account. How can we let's verify stay, that their words are true? <laughs> let's stay hot. I did the homework for Lumberg. I did the homework for Lumberg. I, I I got it. I got it, Alex. Like like you know, me waiting around for someone else to do stuff. That's not my style. So I already did the homework for him. So you want to know how to make ten dollars into ten thousand dollars in DeFi? It's not simple, but it's definitely possible. So you you need to be on alert because all these DeFi protocols and a lot of lot of different protocols in Web three space, NFTs or otherwise are always trying to attract um, community and trying to attract users. And they always have like a, a promo era or a marketing era where they do airdrops, right? Or they're doing they're doing like a yield farming or some kind of farming game. The key is to stay out of pool two. That's the deadly that's the deadly pool trap that they try to get you with, right? So the one that you do play is the ones where you, you're you're risking some smart contract risk, but it's allowing you to learn, so at least you earn that, right? You already learn more knowledge on how the protocol works, how things work, and then you get that airdrop, either airdrop or they, they, they will put something that says, hey, you can earn rewards. And then you go there and farm those rewards. And sometimes it's just providing some stable coins or liquidity, and you will earn those rewards for your time and effort. And so you, you earn knowledge and you earn money. And sometimes that's even more than $10 to $10,000. So that that's why you should be paying attention and, and kind of like poking around so that, one, you don't fuck with any protocols or scams or, or rug or something that's just going to try to steal your money. But if you do play with the right new protocols because someone else's faces or people around you do understand this stuff and kind of point you to it, you can go test it out, try it out, and end up earning an airdrop or some of those uh, rewards for being early to the to the protocol. And that, that those rewards are sometimes more than ten to ten, uh, $10 to 10000 I'm done talking. Thank you, Lumberg. I'm going on mute. Thank you, Lumberg. Uh, great take. It's obvious you've done your homework. Um, uh, Machi, what does a pool mean? I don't understand. Why is there multiple pools? Wouldn't they just, is it like an adult pool and like a kiddie pool? Or I don't understand that. Um, it is like a pool and kiddie pool. So the kiddie pool is a nice, safe one, right? So, for example, we'll use a very specific example. The earliest uh, yield, DeFi yield farming game was – you're in finance. So what they did was, hey, come try out the protocol and make some money. 
you put your money in, like either stable coins or whatnot, and you are earning, um, let's say, a thousand percent APY, and you're like, wow, it's it's good money. But they set up a pool too, that is like you are gonna be the exit liquidity. But okay, no, no buts. You are the exit liquidity. You're gonna go and put your hard-earned USDC stable, match it with the the new token that they're giving out YFI at the time, and you will earn like. 10,000 or 20,000 percent, some crazier APY, more rewards in that pool. So you see the honeypot, you go jumping in into the pool too, and you start, you know, absorbing all the all the farming and dump pressure from everybody else. Everybody else that's earning the pool one has a place to sell into. Now, for Wi-Fi in that example, the joke was on the non-pool two people because Wi-Fi ended up being a very valuable token and a very valuable protocol. So the safest play when we're talking about what I just said of taking $10 and making it 10000 is when you get an airdrop, you dump it right away. You just make the money and get the fuck out. But sometimes if you're using the protocol and you go, wow, this thing looks really good or it's really useful, maybe you want to keep those tokens and they'll, they'll be higher th- over time. So Wi-Fi, um, the example I just gave, when I first farmed it, it was like $16 per token. It, it went as high as like, I don't know, over 50 grand US per token. So Sometimes you farm shit, you keep it. Um, but most of the time you just farm and dump because later on those tokens aren't worth anything. Um, yep, that's it. Um, I'm talking, DMs. going on mute. I'm getting DMs right now saying, why the fuck are we talking about DeFi? Isn't it dead? Is DeFi dead, Machi? Lumberg, is DeFi dead? No, it's not, man. I mean, if you look at what's going on right now, uh, Uniswap announcement today, I actually just tweeted something about that. But uh, DeFi is actually integrating with NFTs. And I posted this thing about how we should all be fungibility agnostic because ultimately this crypto thing, you know, you're able to represent assets on chain digitally. So whether it's like a dollar or a house, uh, you could think of that as a you know, dollar stable coin or a house as an NFT in the future. You know, the, the, the benefit here is DeFi can integrate all that. Imagine getting a home loan on, on chain and everything is, again, fair, transparent and permissionless. So it's not dead. I think it's just we're, we're in the first innings of this stuff. But answering your question about your homework thing, here's the thing you could do. $10, $10 turn into $10,000. If you're a badass builder and you can deploy a smart contract for $10, you can get $10,000 or more in fees. And that's how you make a bunch of money. Well, hmm. I'm not a badass builder. I'm just you can builder. be. Well, no, you I'm just a be, builder. You can be with my help. I'll help you. You got oh. the community. You, uh, got the, you got the channel. With you your got help. the reach, man. Your help. Yeah, I'll help you. you need How the me. fuck? What the fuck? Uh, you're, you, you know what I realized? You're just um, a board. You got gifted your PFP. I don't. Just I don't, like you. I don't, fucking, I, I don't fucking associate myself with people who get gifted PFPs. Try to. It's, it's dude, stolen valor. Not it's even a hexagon. Stolen. Not even Not a hexagon, even a dude. Hexagon. Stolen fucking valor. Starbucks at the airport getting the discount. Not even your uniform, Lumber. Lumber G dot dot dot. Not even your uniform. You know, to, to, to be a baller and to be rich, you got to know where to save money. You know, you don't got to spend money on the polygon or the check marks. Doesn't mean anything. Hmm. Maybe that's a that's a decent point. Yeah. Machi has like millions of dollars. I'm like, hey, let's do like a ten dollar thing. No, no, no. I'm like this motherfucker. Uh, you're right. You're right. You use your money wisely, I guess. doesn't matter how much money you have. Just continue to use it. All right, we got Fungible up here. Talk about someone doesn't use their money wisely. He bought that Moonbirds because he liked Moonbirds, not because he wanted to make money. He just, oh, I like the PFP. 
and they're going to CCA zero it. And anyone can use it now, but I'll still buy it. That makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, fungible. Are you bullish on Moonbirds? No. No. So, but listen, if DeFi, DeFi being dead, if DeFi's dead and central exchanges are dead, crypto's dead. So we should just all fucking go home. So the DeFi dead take is not logical, right? That's number one. So then the biggest problem with DeFi, right, or lending protocols specifically, is impermanent loss. So crypto's very volatile. So what impermanent loss is, is when the value of the asset decreases faster than the rate of return from the loan. Where the real money's made in DeFi, and said it, is through liquidity pools. Because you're not waiting for this slow rate of return of 3%. With a liquidity pool, you're getting a percent from swap after swap after swap, 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 swap. That's where the real money is. Back in 2020, I used to do a lot of LP stuff. I had a swap where I got a fucking 23 ETH transaction fee from a $10 million swap. That's where the money's at. Forget lending and borrowing. That's bullshit. Yeah, but you can still suffer massive and permanent loss from an LP. Even if, even if one is a stable and the other is an altcoin... Um, the reason that people are even asking right now if DeFi is dead is because those people probably got fucked by impermanent loss. Because you know what it is, though, bros? Uh, if you're gone, if like, let's say you're just accumulating, right? You're not really like you just want ETH after ETH after ETH, and you know you believe ETH is going to go higher someday. I think it's good for those people. But someone who's trying to like make quick money day in and day out, I think DeFi is very risky for that point. Yeah, I guess it is better with like ETH or something, but if you're double if you're adding double sided liquidity to an LP, even if it's like USDC and like a random altcoin, but I mean, even even if it was ETH, like it's down a ton. So I guess it's just time. Like everything's down. So even if you had done this with ETH, you'd be facing impermanent loss issues. But you're right. Like the only good thing about um, using LPs is you get all of the rewards from like other people staking. And then the only other problem is like you are kind of subject to getting hacked. There's been a lot of hacks in DeFi. That's exactly right. That's another reason why I kind of don't go in all the way. Because you can make a lot of money, man. If you, if you if you have enough ETH and you put it into like an ETH and weave pool, forget oh man, forget it. It's great. Forget the rewards. Just the swaps from the ETH and weave. Okay, I agree with this, but the there, nothing's insured. If someone created an insured DeFi swapping protocol, I think that would probably that would probably do something, but. I don't know. How could you ever insure something like that? If they lose, if yeah. they get hacked. I mean, they get hacked, right? Nexus Mutual insures things. So you can actually go ahead and buy insurance on your urine vault deposits. If you got your money working there, you can buy insurance on Uniswap right now. If you've got an LP on Uniswap. So if you get, if you, if for some reason your, your LP position in Uniswap gets hurt because of the smart contract error or hack, uh, Nexus Mutual will pay out. So this recent thing, even with FTX, people could buy insurance with Nexus Mutual, I've had I've got a friend who's super conservative who bought 
insurance on, on Nexus Mutual for FTX, and he's going to get his claims, you know, if uh, if uh, Nexus if uh, FTX doesn't pay him back. But the point about LPs, though, you can still make money on an LP if you like in a sideways market like it is right now. If you had a like a ETH um, USDC Uniswap V3 uh, LP position going on, and you set the range between say a thousand to you know thirteen hundred right now, you'd be making trading fees up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, that's another way to make money. So I think we should make a note of that. The so if someone did the insurance without have, imagine the insurance costs money. Lumberg, could they not? Yes. Yeah. So just if they were to remove that, now we're adding like another middleman. Um, it's like how it's like we're trying to go right back to where we started. We're adding all this centralization back into things. I want to go over to Gentle. I, I would, Gentle, I would, are you? Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead, Lumber. I know you can't help yourself. You can't. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. I mean, uh, let, let me tell you something that comes with Bored Apes. Um, yeah. A lot of things come with Bored Apes, but the number one thing that comes with Bored Apes is fucking entitlements. I call on Gentle. Lumberg's like, oh, shit, he just called on me again. Uh, go ahead, Lumberg. Yeah, talk to me about centralization insurance. I, I, even though I didn't ask, I didn't ask. Uh, I'm, I want to learn more about it. Hey, man, look, uh, insurance is important. It's a good way to make sure that if you're getting your yield, if you're getting something like, you know, 20% on Terra Luna and then you bought insurance on Terra Luna and then the shit blew up, then, you know, you can get your 20% less the cost of insurance. So if you're getting 20% and it's 2.8% on the coverage on uh, Nexus Mutual, uh, then, you know, you're netting out like 17.2%. And that way, you're, it's, it's, it's not bulletproof, but at the same time, you got a way to insure it. It's not FDIC or anything like that. And, so there, there are insurance uh, p- programs available, and I definitely think that people should be aware of them I- as an option if they want to do that in DeFi. Yeah, but that Terra Luna insurance thing, that was totally messed up. Like, they had barely any availability. No one actually took out insurance except for, like, a select few. And then the death spiral of UST and Luna happened, and everyone was trying to get insurance after the fact. And I, I don't even know how that worked. I don't even know how that worked. I don't really know how much was covered. Um, but that's a great example. Like 20%, that's way too good to be true. Way too uh, the, the Nexus Mutual, uh, I'll vouch for them because I know a lot of people that collected claims from them. They, they've been paying out a lot of that insurance. But like, like you said, no one gets in a car accident, like, totals their car and then goes to insurance first. Oh, I want I want to backdate the insurance or something. That doesn't work either, Rose. So, yeah, it doesn't work in DeFi either. You can't go, you, your house can't burn down and all of a sudden you go, oh, let me get fire insurance and then it pays for the burnt down house. That, it doesn't work like that. That insurance. I mean, that was just the biggest scam of all time though because UST was like, oh, it's a decentralized stable coin. It's never, you know, it's fine. It's a dollar. It's just like Tether and USDC. I mean, that that was the biggest scam of all time. So most people probably looked at that and were like, I don't need insurance, especially if they're just switching into stables. You don't look at that as an investment. You're like, oh, this is sick. Uh, 20% on my money, one-to-one, decentralized money, perfect. Like... I don't know who got insurance on that. I saw MFers blowing up the chats after the fact, being like, where's my insurance? Everything went to zero. Uh, yeah, so how does Nexus Portal... Actually, I don't, I, I don't care about Nexus Portal. Uh, we can learn more about it. You know, 3%. You're gonna, I don't even know how they fucking find money to insure this type of shit. 
It doesn't make any sense to me. I guess they're, they're hoping that 3% will accrue faster than uh, a centralized exchange will go to zero. I guess that's their whole play here. I, I want to ask Rose, uh, what the fuck is your PFP? You look like a Greg, a female Greg or something. I don't know. You got fucking, looks like the Bitcoin eyes of the fucking spaceship. What the fuck is your PFP? What do you mean? This is me. This is what I look like in real life. I doxed myself yesterday, and this is me. Why this the fuck the PFP watching, Alex? Why the PFP watching? Me. You back uh, off. Uh, I mean, they're, it looks like they're flying to fucking Florida or something. I don't fucking know. Um, yeah, I'm taking my mini cruiser. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's an interesting PFP. You don't like it, my PFP? It, it looks like Greg. What? It looks like Greg. I am Greg. I am the female version of Greg. That's just uh, his face with a wig. He has a mini cruiser. He has those eyes. That's that's me. That That is me. Okay. Uh, maybe we'll bring Greg up here. He's never spoken. Maybe that's why. Anyways, we got Gentle up here. Uh, Gentle, I'm sorry. All the bored apes and Greg was interrupting. I want to pass it off to, to Gentle. Uh, what's your thoughts on DeFi, yep. insurance, NFTs, the future? Are you feeling bullish at the moment? Yeah, yeah, yes, but nobody wants to hear about that. Listen, uh, thanks, dude. There's a lot of entitlement runs fucking deep in uh, NFTs. Rose, I love your PFP, and you've been dropping fucking bangers on the timeline. Um, Alex, dude, I dropped a line in that rap, bro. I'm Gentle T. I'm the GM King. I'm out here doing this shit for free. Like, like I'm fucking dropping bars over Eminem. That means the bull market's coming back. I'm bringing the fucking bull market back, so yes, I'm fucking bullish, baby! Dude, let's fucking go. Uh, I'm going to check it out after this space. Um, I'm, dude, anything Eminem, automatically a, a W in my book. That dude's a straight visionary. Bark, who's your favorite music artist? Mm, Beethoven. Okay, well, look, we have the number one Taiwanese rap star up here, and you didn't even mention his name. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh. All well, good. I'm sure, he, I'm sure he has a derivative. Yeah, Lumberg, Lumberg has been the number one Taiwanese rap star for the last five years. Lumberg has? Yes, Lumberg. Yeah, have the I mean, there must be like five people in Taiwan because all you have to do is be the only person doing something and you'll be number one. You know, you can be the number one s'more, s'mores maker or like the number one juggler. All you have to be why, is the why only all one doing Why all this racist it. stuff, Bark? Are you turning to Zach? What? what? No, I, I'm just stating factual information, Machi. That You're putting it through your lens. It's unfortunate that you're bringing race into it. I'm just stating the facts. Uh, maybe there's an issue with society. Uh, rather than the issue with the information. Um, but it seems to me like, uh, look, I'm getting, I'm just, I'm reading off the DMs. It doesn't seem to me anyone gives a fuck about DeFi. I mean, Alex, why should we care about DeFi? Should we? Yeah, I think decentralized finance solves a problem within humanity. I think greed overcomes that problem of the solution. I think if you turn down greed, I think uh, fucking DeFi, you could just rip faces off with DeFi. It does, dude. It does solve problems, but greed outweighs it. Like it's the same, similar. Like Martin Scrawley, he did. He had that fucking pill that uh, cured shit and greed. He turned it up to the fucking max, um, and we saw how that ended. So I think if you turn down greed, um, you could probably do something amazing in DeFi. So just be the least greediest mf'er out there. Um, then you probably because it's dude. It, it works. Uh, it, it works. So you just. I think. Like personally, I think if, if someone was to create some type of DeFi protocol that had the least amount of winning for the person that created it, if anything, just uh, like don't they don't win anything. They're just actually offering that service. 
similar to like what Vitalik did with Ethereum. Uh, I mean, he got some of those tokens and dumped them at the Pico top. But for the most part, I think Ethereum's completely open source, right? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Machi. Uh, anyone could just fork Ethereum. Correct. Correct. I mean, yeah. what you said is, what you've said, you pretty much are talking about Satoshi. Like you built it and gave it away, and exactly, and, and see see everybody make it happen. Um, Vitalik did something similar too, where you know what? I, I actually don't know how they broke that broke down that like split or whatever, but it felt like you know whenever I looked at the split for for Vitalik, it didn't look like a lot of money. But you know when Ethereum got as big as it did near the Pico top or whatever, uh, Vitalik had like a billion dollars worth of ETH. So you know, good for him. Right, and he solved a lot of problems with it, um, and it was it wasn't based out of greed. The money followed suit, like cr fix the problem, and then the, everything else falls into place. 